Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alberigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, Ali, good morning, sir, and uh, it's great to be with you. Yeah, great to be with you. For those people listening, we just went through what uh, is a typical morning for a martial arts school owner on a, on a topic of how do we run martial arts schools, you know, and it was, uh, you know, nothing but a technological glitch. We couldn't get in. The cameras weren't working on our software, trying to switch and work on the fly. And um, and here we are. We're finally, it took us uh, 28 minutes to get on this call now, and we're just recording it. Well, and you know, the funny thing is, is I'd like to just blame it on Facebook and just say it was Facebook's fault, but uh, yeah. that's all right. You know, and we did an audible. We did an audible, and we all agreed that we'll just get on the call together and, and uh, do it live uh, on the call so that people can listen to it later. Um, so, Allie, you want to set up this call where you got uh, John and Andy on and, and uh, yeah. set it all up? So, so I'll give you my uh, my perspective of our two guests from my point of view, and I, I got, I you know, I got a good idea of who these individuals are because we know each other. Geez, I mean, Shen Andrew and I know each other probably for over 30 years. John Busto and I probably around the same. We've been in the same circuit for around that time, 25 years or so. And, um, right. you know, we met through martial arts uh, tournaments, you know, being in the same area um, and uh, developed a, a friendship that we, you know, now uh, – we meet for holiday breakfasts. We meet on Wednesdays for breakfast at, at uh, the diner. We've taught at each other's schools. Um, you know, we hang out, and uh, we're we're best of friends, and it's pretty exciting. You know, most other people go, how are you friends with your competitors? And I, I don't. we don't look at each other as competitors. We're in different areas of Long Island, quite far away from each other. But even if we were, um, we still are able to have this great friendship, share ideas, and uh, be involved in teaching the martial arts. So Sean Andrews is a great martial artist. He does like an eclectic martial arts style, comes from the same background of the Duncan uh, line of ninjutsu with me and a whole bunch of other martial arts. John Busto is involved with uh, Kempo martial arts and shoot fighting in the Filipino martial arts. So vast knowledge from both of these individuals and uh, incredible martial artists and just great people. And that's why I wanted to have them on the call today. So we're here to get started. How was that intro? And we're, that was good. And I think we, you know, uh, just want to make sure everybody understands that that uh, we're talking about the daily thoughts of a school owner. I mean, basically the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, you and I have talked before about the good and bad and the ugly uh, from our perspective, but we wanted to get some other uh, successful martial arts school owners in and uh, that are in the grind every day like we are and get their 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 thoughts uh, about how they're running their schools and those type of things. So, yeah. uh, Allie, if you want to start off and uh, you know, yeah, give the I first... Yeah, I have a, a simple question, and either, you know, either one of you or both of you one at a time could answer the question, obviously. But uh, so in our daily lives, we wake up, like, for, for example, I was up early this morning, 5 a.m., you know, got ready, cleaned the house, made my bed, started... And right away, I jumped right into working on my school. You know, I was on my software, Spark, um, sending out text messages and an automated email. What do you guys focus on um, on a day-to-day -day basis? What, what are some of your main focuses? Let me ask John first, Gian Busto. And by the way, we're using first names now because we know each other. But, you know, of course, there's always that, you know, the title and respect level. But, but we'll just go by first name. So, um, but uh, so so John, what is what is it something that you wake up in the morning and some of your staple items that you do on a day to day basis? I think the first thing um, that I do is just see you know what what has to be done that immediate day. Have short term goals and long term goals. So I, when I wake up, you know, uh, after come to the studio, check check the schedule, kind of prepare for the day. Then it's um, a lot of downtime, but I look at my bank statements, look at uh, checks that have been cashed, what has to be deposited. So uh, that's like the first thing. That's like every day looking at it because, like we've talked in the past, I've had bank fraud and problems with um, bank accounts and making sure not through my fault but through someone else's fault something happens. But ultimately, it really is my fault because i got to check that stuff. So I would say right. the bank statements and the daily tasks for the day. Okay, cool. How about you, Shan, Andrew, Andy? How, what, are, what are your thoughts on what you do on a day-to-day -day basis besides this new crazy Dwayne? He's actually worked – he lives like 25 miles away from his dojo, and he's been running 
home and to and from his school to get to his school back and forth on a daily basis. Holy cow. Yeah, you're a runner. You've done marathons. So he's, he's been doing, like, it's just insane to me. 25-mile run to get to his school, then teach all night, and then comes back. It's just insane. But So other than the running, Andy, like, what, do you, what are some of your focuses? I know you have your wife there helping you, and that's awesome. You guys are a husband-wife team. Um, so, But what is some of the stuff that you do? Um, one, I want to make it clear, I do not like running. <laughs> I just do it because I don't like it. Right. Um, yeah, true. I start I start my day literally my brain's not even awake yet. I check my phone for you know family emergencies or anything like that on texts. And then I go right onto social media and double check um um messages from clients or uh prospective clients on Facebook and email. Mhm. And then I'll spend about 20 minutes um, either responding to notifications or boosting some photos or putting stuff out there immediately before I even wake wake up. Then I have my coffee. Hmm. Okay. Cool. So I try try to start the, that that social media stuff uh, early before I even wake up, so that I can handle it. So when you're in a good and, mood, uh, you want to get it done. Exactly. Exactly. And um, and then uh, we 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 have a slow start in the morning, and then we get to the dojo because, like you said, it's it's not like right around the corner. So even if we're driving there, you know, we'll get there uh, late morning, early afternoon, and then pretty much do exactly what uh, what uh, John says. You know, check the bank, check uh, appointments, make sure everything's flowing good there because there has been some instances where the, the banks made mistakes or 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 somebody didn't put in the check or the check didn't clear right because somebody didn't put the decimal in the right spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, we start with uh, making sure with our people coming in, our new customers, we take care of the, the new customers first, like the um, trial classes or people coming in. Mm-hmm. So we gear up for them, and then as we're, we're making our little schedule for the day, then we take care of old tasks or follow-ups of current members. Cool. Very cool. So, so obviously, you know, we're in the grind every day. I know that people sometimes think, because we make it look easy. I mean, it, it, you know, and when I say we make it look easy, people come in, the doors are open, the places are clean, um, and we're starting classes. You know, they don't realize that you or I or, or John, all, all four of us and Dwayne have been up since, you know, six in the morning doing those behind-the-scenes things. In fact, some students of mine that have broken off and opened up their own schools, I'm absolutely sure they're in culture shock when they see how much goes in behind the scenes. It's not just teaching a dynamic class on the floor and having, a, you know, having, a, you know, students learn martial arts. It's all the other things that keep the doors open so that we can continue to teach what we love, right? Exactly. That's probably actually the easiest part. People people say what's the hardest part of having a martial arts school. I think it's managing the people, being a psychologist, being, yeah. you know, the janitor, the president, the treasurer, all those right. different hats. And actually teaching the martial arts is the easier part of it, not the right. hard part. Teaching yeah, class and, you know, 30, 40, 50 people is kind of easy, but managing it afterwards is, is the hard part, I feel. Well, that's, that's interesting that you say that. I was gonna, that was gonna be my next lead-in question was like, you know, what do you find to be, let's say a new school owner or, or a semi-new school owner has opened up his school and had no idea all of this stuff happens and then they realize that it's not easy. So what, what do you find to be, let's just start off with the, the, the bad stuff. Like, what do you find to be your biggest and most frustrating struggles about teaching martial arts for a living? So you want to go first, Andy? Um, sure. I mean, overall, I think the, what I find most frustrating is that we know the full benefits and the scope of what, and it's a large scope that martial arts can cover. And I feel that most people don't really, really want to learn how to defend themselves or how to have discipline or have that focus or be responsible. I, mm-hmm. I think that's the part that frustrates me. Right. And we've talked that, about this before. When you're, when you're, um, uh, when your mom, a mom calls up and says, "Well, I, I just can't get, I just can't get my son to the dojo," and then you say, "Well, didn't you want to teach him discipline? Didn't you want to learn discipline? Aren't you supposed to get him here?" 
And the mom's the one who has no discipline. Child that has ADD and he's slightly on the spectrum with autism and, and they're, and they're bored. My son's bored. He doesn't want to go anymore. Aren't you the parent that said he had ADD or ADHD? Uh, he can't really focus for a long period of time on anything, right? So, <laughs> so, so that's, yeah. So then, so your frustration is potential. We see it, but they, the people don't see it. And that's sad because that's just the way it is. I mean, some coaches see their, football stars as being the most talented and having the most talent and they quit. You know, I see it all the time and it's, it's frustrating to me as well. It really like rips me up inside because I'm like, damn it, just shut up and listen and let me guide Hello? you to the promised land kind of in a way, right? You know, like that kind of thing. Hello? Yeah, you there? Not sure if you guys I can hear, hear you. me. I can yep, hear you? I can hear you. Can you hear me too? I hear you now. Okay, cool. Dwayne, you still there? I am. Yep. Okay, cool. So, um, so uh, did did I get cut off when I was talking or no? Yeah. No, you were fine. Okay. All right. Cool. So, what? real quick. So, so, so John, I just think John, it's, uh, it, it's Andy. Andy's uh, Andy's connection, I think, is bad. So we'll blame it on Andy. Okay. All right, blame it on him. But uh, so, John, <laughs> John, what what are what are some of your frustrations? You know, running a school. Well, I would say, well, the first thing when someone goes into a new school who wants one, I would say watch out what you uh, wish for because, um, you know, it's totally different going from, a, you know, working at a school and then having your own school. So it's, I think it's a test of your uh, morals, your ethics, what type of person you, you are because the business is really going to change you and uh, give you a lot of tests. That's the first yeah. thing. I would say um, what frustrates me is a comment that we've talked about a lot is when you're, I just had it, somebody has been with me for two years and we do one year memberships and on the second year membership, six months through, they want to stop. Right. And they want to, re, they want to refund. And mm. we, we have it explicitly said in the contract that there are no refunds and we talk to them and we say, We'll switch the membership to another family member or I'll switch it over right. to private lessons or I'll put it on hold. But when they just say, no, I just want my money back, and that's it. Yeah. So it's just frustrating there. Is, and they just it's going to be working on for myself. How can I communicate to this person? And how can we talk about it and sit down and discuss it? But at times they don't want to do that. So you put your heart, your soul, your sweat into it, and they just want to leave. That's that's really frustrating. Yeah, I just had that recently where I have these two young twins that are in my school and they were doing great. And then all of a sudden I didn't see them. And then all of a sudden I got a text from the mom because we text a lot and um, and was like, please don't text me anymore. Uh, we're having a hard time. And I'm like, OK, but they should take me off the text list. And I'm like, OK, but we have to communicate. Well, we're we're not able to come anymore. I'm like, but we you can't just say that and then disappear. You have some obligations. Let's at least talk about it. Let's meet. Let's chat. No, I don't want to talk about right. it. Well, but you oh, but you are in a, an agreement. You're in a contract. You know, if you at least give me the time of day and let me know what to do, maybe we could come up with a solution. Postpone it for a few months, whatever. Um, you know, and so on and so forth. But they people think, right? My frustration is they think like, yeah, I made a decision and that's it. It's final. Um, we're out and, and I'm not paying anymore because we're not coming. Right. No, that's that's not how it works. That's not the agreement we signed. That's not what we talked about on day one, two, week five, six, and seven. Right? When things are going good, right. they love you. But when they when they things are not maybe going in their uh, you know in their direction that they want, then all of a sudden they they just shut down on you. So yeah, that's a major frustration. Right. I think the new studio owner um, usually, for the most part, would have a hard time with that. You know, the emotional and the business part of it, and to you know, put each one to the side and say, okay, emotionally, I do have to give to my students. I can give as much as I can. But there's got to be a point where, you know, it's got, it is a business and I should be paid for my time. And we did, we, we did have an agreement. So that, that's like real difficult for me. It was in the beginning because as martial artists, we care about our students and that's our role is to help. But then there comes to a point where the business part of it, you have you have payments, you have rent to pay, you have employees to pay. So yeah, um, le learning that throughout the years has been uh, difficult, but uh, that that's probably the hardest struggle. 
Right, right. So, so I know that, you know, over the years I've watched, you know, you guys and, and, you know, we've been together long enough to know each other um, and see our schools either flourish or go through struggles or ups and downs. And we've all discussed issues with employees and you've had people that work for you that quit and wanted to come work for me and, you know, didn't know that we knew each other and, you know, all sorts of weird stuff that go on because the martial arts circuit is very, you know, pretty small when, you know, we know each other, we know each other's uh, all the martial artists that are out there. So, um, how, I'm going to ask this one question, and, and, and we'll have Andy answer first. But So how do you wake up every day? And I know it's not easy, but how do we wake up every day and be like, man, I'm loving what I'm doing? You know, Because we do love the martial arts. We love teaching. We love helping people. But how do you, how do you stay positive you know, when you deal with that same type of frustration? You're the person who doesn't want to pay or the person who wrote about you maybe potentially negatively on social media. I just had a dad. Um, he says, I'm not renewing my kid unless he gets his yellow belt. And I'm like, well, yeah, we have him set up for a test um, at my school in West Islip. We'd love for him to be there. Oh, we can't do it. We have safety swim and soccer that day. I said, can't you miss safety swim and soccer that day so you could do the test? No, we feel that you should accommodate us and do it on a special night, you know, at the other school. I'm like, that's not how it happens. So he's like, well, then we're not renewing. And, you know, I've, in my mind, I've gone back and forth on this. Like, should I just do it? Should I, why don't I just hand them the yellow belt and keep them happy, you know? Or, but then my integrity kicks in, and I don't want to lose the student because the kid's cute and he's doing well, and I don't want to lose the finances but because that's important too. But at the same time, do I let my integrity go? So the question for you guys is how do you, how do you keep on chugging along and keeping a smile on your face and stay motivated? And, you know, what, what do you guys do to do that? And let's have Andy answer first. Oh, that is that is one of the ones I do battle with uh, daily. <laughs> um, but I guess it just starts like every day, you know. You just kind of wake up, you know, wash your face, do what you got to do, and just say, you know, today's got to be a better day. Today's got to be a good day. How am I going right. to make it that way? Because we we can't rely on other people. Right. You know, uh, like you mentioned about, uh, or is it John mentioned about being the janitor? I'm like, right. I've had people clean our ba- bathrooms over and over again, but it's they were always dirty. Right. They always miss something, so I would go in and clean the bathroom, and it sound, may sound silly now. I don't know if, how you guys feel, but when I'm done cleaning the bathroom and I look around, I go, and that's what a clean bathroom should look like. I say it to myself <laughs> yeah. out loud. Yeah. I make myself feel better, and then I go on to the next task. But overall, I absolutely still get jazzed up and empowered either by the one or two kids that leave their class um, super pumped up, smile so big, and as I'm trying to stand up and continue teaching, they just, like, latch on and hug me. Right. And then ru- run out the door. Right. And it's not yeah. that I'm giving them special treatment. It's just that they just really get it. They really love the, the, the spirit and the energy. Right, right. What do you think about that, Tom? And then What's when your it comes- thoughts? Okay, I'm sorry. Keep going, Andy. Go. Oh, I was just going to say, and then when it comes time to the teen slash adult class, then I get to play, you know, and get to do my martial arts and feel good about me moving and me teaching what I want to teach. Right. And then then I go home happy. That's cool. So how how about you, John? Yeah, I think it's, you know, uh, putting things in perspective and talking to, you know, you guys and when we go out, uh, for breakfast or call each other up and, you know, realize that it's not that bad or other people have gone through it and then put it in perspective and saying I could, if I was working somewhere else, you know, I I couldn't have the luxury of just uh, taking off the next day or making the decisions. So I have to take the good with the bad. So sometimes yeah. I have to go through hard, difficult stuff, but, you know, it, it really is a great life. It's great. Um, business, and you could create your own destiny. You could create your own future on it. So when I when I think down, when I get those negative uh, parents or parents that are threatening to put something on social media, I just try to put it in perspective and look at all the actual good that I'm doing and the fun that I'm having. And I wouldn't want to do anything else. At times I think about if I had another job, you know, I just couldn't do the nine to five or get the regular paycheck or the pay schedule with somebody else. I like creating 
and if I want to make a little bit more, working a little bit more, or creating yeah. a new plan, or do pro- something or like that. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, Dwayne. What are your thoughts? I mean, I didn't. We haven't asked you because I know we do the calls. But what are your thoughts? And 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 if you have any questions, please chime in. But what are some of your daily frustrations in in your running of your school? I know we chat behind the scenes. We call it airing our dirty laundry, right? In fact, we used to yeah. record some of those calls. But like some, do you have any things that you struggle with on a day to day basis, motivation wise, or or you know you know situational? Uh, yeah, I would just say um, when I, of course, of course I have those times, but I, then I got to kick myself in the head and just say to myself, you know, look, I, if I don't take responsibility or ownership for this, then I'm allowing that other person to do it. Meaning that, um, you know, even if it's not my fault, it's still my responsibility. And that was a big lesson for me to learn that no matter what is happening inside of my studio, whether it was my fault or not, it's still my responsibility. And as soon as I give up the responsibility, I've given up the um, ability to be able to do anything about it. And I think that's kind of what you, you know, you had just said, uh, John, I I think with regards to um, I I can't see myself doing anything else. I I don't know. I, 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 I don't know that I would be a good worker for somebody. I mean, I would be a phenomenal worker for somebody else, but I don't know that I would be a good worker in the sense that um, I, I would want to do things um, uh, my way or on my own, and I have a bunch of different ideas, and I, I want to be in control of my destiny as well. So one is, yeah, we all go through those struggles, whether it's with a kid, whether it's with a parent, where we don't see things to eye to eye. I, I found it kind of neat. I don't know that I've had many people threaten to write bad reviews or do things on social media, but I'm not as in a populated area as you guys are where, you know, I mean, social media is a big deal, but I think it's probably a bigger deal where you guys are located compared to where I am. So I'm kind of curious with those things, with the the people threatening you with maybe writing a bad review or what have you, how do you handle those situations? Uh, John, you want to go first? Yeah, well, um, I'm kind of going through right now just through that situation where I talked to the parent and they said, I can't believe the options that you gave me. You know, I I said, I'll put the membership on hold for six months or, or I'll switch you over to private lessons. Uh, because your child wanted to emphasize something else or I give it to another family member. And when I said it, you know, you could give it to another family member or give it to somebody else, the response was, um, what should I do? Go on Facebook and ask, you know, people to buy the membership. So uh, she wants a refund on it. So we're kind of going back and forth right now, but that threat of, um, oh, I'll just put it out there. I just can't be held hostage. But on the other side, to counter that, I think having a big uh, social network of my own, making sure I'm out there, um, could also offset that. But it's like a threat for them to put out there just to see what you're going to do. So I'm just going through that process right now. Andy, how about you? Have you had that happen to you before? Somebody threaten you like um, that? Uh, not so much, um, but I, I you know I've been in similar situations, and and sometimes you know I, I either take the right action and and feel good, or I take the, the action that, that I feel right for me, and uh, not so good. And, and thank God for Allie and John, because sometimes when I'm frustrated, <laughs> I give them a call, and they make me feel better because they're going through the same thing. But yeah. uh, right. I, I usually battle the. Um, negative comments on um, the social media because, you know, you, they'll, they'll never take it down. I remember one lady said, um, if you don't listen to him, if you don't listen to him in this school, he'll throw you out. And I remember <laughs> commenting on it. I'm like, you know, this is a martial arts school. We have many, many, many rules, all geared for safety. And if people can't follow the rules for the safety of the, themselves, their, their own children or other people's children, yes, they are not welcome to train here. Right. It's just like what they said around. Well, it's context, isn't it? And you brought context into the uh, the statement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I had a, uh, this is different. She didn't threaten to do social media, but I had a a mom whose child did not pass 
their belt test, and I had to sit down and talk with her. Oh. And of course, she was angry, and and um, <clears throat> she said to me, uh, "You mean to tell me that uh, my kid's going to have to do this three months over again, and and I'm going to have to pay when she's already done it?" I said, "Well, yeah, she's already done it, but she didn't pass it. So it's just like if she went off to college and failed a class, a semester of class, you're going to have to pay for that class again if you want class credit for it." And she said to yeah. me, uh, "She said to me, well." Uh, you know, there, there, there's other options. And I said, you're right, there is. You, you live in the United States of America. You can go to any other studio that you would like. I said, I just want you to know something, though. I don't take threat, threats lightly. And she goes, I'm not threatening you. I said, yeah, you are. I said, otherwise, you wouldn't have brought it up. But I do want to bring your mind back to one of the one of the thing. And I said, I remember having our our initial consultation together, and I remember uh, that you told me that you you had already checked out other studios and that you thought that this was the only studio that could do this this. And I labeled off three things because I'm goofy like that. I can actually remember those things. And and she she just kind of looked at me as if wow I can't remember I I, I don't even remember those things. He remembered them, you know that type of thing. And uh, I said so. You know, she did not pass her red belt test. You are you are going to pay all the way through red belt. If you want to quit after red belt within our uh, our contract, you're more than welcome to do that. I said, but she has to get her red belt, and that was the last. That was the test that she had failed, and now she's uh, wow. already a sec- She's already a first degree black belt with me and working on her second degree. So I I just I stood my ground. I, I'm like it's not negotiable, um, but I would not have done that. 12 years ago. I would have. Yeah. Right. You know, what's interesting though. I, you know, Dwayne, you and I had that same conversation about that same issue and I'm having that right now where, and I think I just mentioned, I'm sorry if I repeat myself, I just talk so much. I forget. <laughs> so, but, um, so I had this parent and say to me, and I said, he, you know, he, the kid, when is my kid testing? We set up a test date. He says, well, we can't make it. And I mentioned this before, I believe, and he's like, well, we have safety swim and soccer. So I said, why don't we switch it? And his thing was, you know what, why torture the kid over this? And I'm like, why? You think I'm doing that? Or is it that you're doing that because you won't adjust your schedule? Well, you could do it. It, I go, you're right. I could give him a yellow belt right now. In fact, let me go in the back room and just hand it to him. But it's not going to mean the same thing. Um, But at the same time, you know, he is threatening me because he's saying, well, we're not renewing then. And I'm like, I've almost in my heart, and I don't know if you guys feel this way, um, but in my heart, I'm almost like, you know what? Now you're not going to get a yellow belt. How's that sound? Like my old teacher would have been in his Spanish accent going, get the hell out of here, man. Get going. Oosh, get him out. Lock him out. Like, and I'd be like, really? Like, you know, and he would just kick him right, kick him right the heck out of the school. And that would be it. Like you'd never thought about ever asking for a promotion, saying that it was inconvenient. If it's on that Saturday, you make it unless it's, a- I actually went late to a wedding. Um, and that I was in the, you know, the wedding with my girlfriend at the time, I had to show up late at the wedding because I had to go to my test and I wasn't even testing. I had to go there because I was helping him run the test. And he's like, you better be here. That's it. Like, I would never have thought of saying no. So, um, anyway, that's crazy. So, well, and so I, you, I think this goes back to, and Allie, you and I have done a call uh, about this before about having rules, you know, rules in your right. business that you should have. And I I wish that I would have known these rules when I first started because, you know, I would say probably the first eight eight years, I I bent over backwards for people. And not to say that it was all wrong, but I got used. And yeah. it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't right. Uh, how about you guys? I mean, did you guys when you guys first started? Did you have you know, did you get used and then decided after a while that after, after you've been uh, uh, used enough, you're like, wait, I need to set some boundaries here. Andy, how about you? You want to start off with that? Um, oh yeah, I remember years ago when, when uh, with my wife, she was helping me run the school. She felt like I sided with the client to keep the client happy and the kid um, come into class. And she was kind of right. I thought I was doing the right thing. I forgot what the issue was, but I gave way a little bit, and it caused a big fight between me and my wife, and she was right at the time. And uh, that kid didn't stay, you know, like another month or two, and and I still remember that fight and how long that lasted. So it didn't just cost me the student because the student left anyway, but it cost me a huge argument 
a lot of chaos and a lot of stress because I bent backwards to help the client. And then did you decide, look, I need to set some rules? Or, I mean, did you actually sit down and write rules, or was it more mental rules? It was more like mental and, you know, follow exactly like what you said about that belt test. You know, we have kids that miss their test, and they don't usually whine or cry, but they'll, they'll, the, the parent might bring it up, and I go, oh, the next test is scheduled on this date. And they're like, well, uh, what if what if we can't make that date? I'm like, well, that's entirely up to you. I said, you know, you know, what's more important, a, a, a swimming lesson or a belt test? I guess a belt right. test would be more important. If it was a swim meet and a belt test, then it's like 50-50. I kind of get it. In my case, I said to the parent, I said, can't you reschedule your safety swim class? Uh, oh, yeah, that's very difficult to do. And I, I said, well, can't you just tell the coach that he has a – he has something very important to go on on that day, you know. Like why? I said, why am I playing second fiddle? Why have why is our belt test, which you're telling me is going to ruin the kid's life and self esteem that he doesn't get his belt? Why is that less important to your child than uh, you know than the, you know the soccer or the swimming lesson? So I'm really sometimes that's one of my biggest frustrations, and I just don't think that people get it. I think. What bothers me most is when they think they're going to threaten you and then manipulate you into doing it by holding that carrot over your head going, well, then we're not going to renew. Well, okay, well, then your kid's never going to get a yellow belt, right? You know, how's that sound? You know, that's really crazy. Right. So, so yeah, so anyway, Dwayne, yeah, what you were going to continue I, on, I interrupted. Well, no, you're fine. I was just going to ask John in the beginning, did you bend over backwards and now it's different? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we're given a lot of time to the students. <clears throat> Whenever the students would come in, I would, they want to learn a weapon or do an extra time on their form, and I'll go into my own time or stay late. And that's one, that's partly what we do, but to be more organized, something that Ali actually helped me out with years ago is just introducing the Black Belt Club where you said set set time each month where everybody could come in and you could give your time to them during that hour or two hours time and it was more efficient. So I think what got us into the martial arts was our passion and then we started off and we want to school, we want to teach, we want to share, but then we realized, oh, we have a business to manage as well. So in the beginning, you know, I think I was successful because I was given so much passion, and that translated to people. But then somewhere across the line, they needed to organize and have programs so I could have longevity as well and have be a little bit sane. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Now, do you have written rules with regards to some of these things, or are they like mental rules like Andy had said? Um, they're, they're probably mental. Um, I mean, some things that we do implement as far as, um, like when we have weapons class or when we have uh, a black belt club. So if someone wants to do something extra, you know, okay, you have a certain time for that. So yeah, um, that that's helped. And what, one yeah, thing and I, I want so. to say is, is with the social media, um, something that Ali says as well too, I think the best advice for somebody is stick your ground and then if someone does write something on social media, is just respond back on there. Well, this was the situation. I'm sorry that you were unhappy. Um, I would like to resolve it if possible. And people are going to say things no matter what. And at certain times as business owners, we need to fire the clients. And if, yeah, if everyone's happy, we're doing something wrong. Because everyone else is happy, then we're sacrificing ourselves too much. Well, and I, you know, I just had a, an individual call. Uh, they had did their karate for Christmas trial at the beginning of this year. So they did uh, January and February. And then they didn't enroll. Uh, they couldn't afford it. That's what they said. Uh, they've since went out and tried two other schools. And then they called me back at the beginning of April and said, you know, hey, our son was at a trial. Yep, I know exactly who you're talking about. And uh, they said, we would like to enroll him at your program. We, It's just the 149 a month is uh, – uh, is out of our budget. And I said, well, we can get creative, uh, you know, with that. I, I said, uh, 
you know, if, you know, what could you afford a month? Like you guys need to talk about it. Let's just say it's $100 a month. And we sign you up for a 12-month agreement. You pay me $100 a month. And then when you get your taxes back in uh, February or March, you just you pay the other $49, you know, a month times 12. You take 49 times 12 and you just pay that off then. Um, he's saying, he, so he goes to me, he goes, so I'm still going to pay the 149 I said, yeah. I said, the 149 is not negotiable, but we can get creative right. in how you're going to pay it. And he said to me, he goes, well, this other place is only $60 a month, and this other one was $75 a month. And what I heard him saying to me was, you know, hey, look, how are you justifying and I, you know, your, your price compared to this? And I said, well, let me just say a couple of things. I, one of them, I know the owner of that place, nice guy, you know, but both of these owners, they do it part-time. They don't do it full-time. And let me tell you what the difference between a full-time studio is and a part-time studio. So I went into that. And then I also said, did you ask about testing fees? at these other schools. And he said, no. And I said, I can guarantee you this one school has testing fees. I don't know about this other one, but I'm almost positive that they have testing fees as well. My testing, everything's included. So you only have to budget. And so I went through and I built the case. Now it's still the my whole point is I did not budge on the price and I did not give him a deal uh, because I don't know about you, but that's almost not always, but quite frequently it's come back to bite me in the butt when I've given deals out and now he didn't sign up. They didn't call me. Uh, they didn't continue. But uh, what, what, like, have you gone through those type of situations before too? Uh, the deals uh, all the time. People come in and say deals. My my response is that I have people here that are ten, twelve years, and they're still paying the same price. So how can I change my price for you? You just came. I can't give you a deal. I have somebody else that's doing it for. 12 years as a student and they're paying the regular price. That's my usual comeback. Or, yeah. or I could get creative, like you said, and we're still going to pay the same price, whatever it is for the year, but we could divide it up a little bit differently if you want. Sort of like you said, Dwayne, doing $100 a month and then at the end of the year, maybe you'll pay the balance, something like that. I've done that. How about you, Andy? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, sway on the prices at all. I mean, I, I feel that we're a little bit below industry, um, the industry level or the, um, the mean for the industry. So I use that. I said, listen, we try to keep it affordable for families. I said, and this is what we got. This is what we got to charge. And, and, and I, and as far as the rules, like, like the mental rules you said, I'm not sure if it was, um, Ali who said to me years ago, he's like, you know, you're running a business. If you don't take care of yourself first, then you don't have a good business to offer the people. So right. I always think of that, that airline thing. When the pressure drops, you got to put the thing on yourself first, and then you take care right. of the other people, including the children. So uh, this goes hand-in-hand hand with that. You know, you got to stick to your guns on certain things so your business will run good, so you do have a great service, so people will come back and – you know, they'll look around those other schools. There's a reason why they're coming back. They know you're good. Right. I, I think what uh, Dwayne said as well, when somebody uh, challenges you on the price, um, you just have to reiterate why it is that price, because you are a full-time school, because you do have other people here, and if it is your full-time profession, you're not running it from another job and coming into this job, you know, you're there to service them. And um, I think that's a good tip just to reinforce the price, uh, why it is that price when someone gives you challenges like that. Yeah. You know what I find interesting is that you guys say that I said a whole bunch of stuff and I don't even remember half the stuff that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you know, it's so interesting too, though. I have to add to that. Like, I don't know of any other profession in the world that we could walk into some sort of business establishment. Um, you know, I'm online at Starbucks and I'm like, yeah, you know, how much is that latte cafe mocha frappuccino with a double twist of whatever? Um, they're like, oh, it's five ninety nine. I said, well, listen, I'm going to give, I want you to consider four eighty nine. You know, they would just say, I'm sorry, it's five ninety nine. You will pay the money or you don't get the coffee, right? So it's like I have a lady, she's actually a um, really frustrating parent, um, at times, and I'll say, she, oh, we want to do summer camp next week. I'm like, oh, that's great. We'd love to have your son. He's, the kid's just amazing. 
Okay, how much is it? It's 189. Uh, how about 110? I'm like, what part of the 189 did you not hear? Like, where? Why is it all the, like it's not negotiating? We're not at the market fair, and we're not negotiating. We're not in an auction house. So I wonder sometimes why we do do that. And I, I think sometimes it's three factors. Number one, where we want to get the student. We love teaching. We want new faces, new blood. The second thing is, hey, we look at it and go like, okay, it's only 10 or $20 off, and then we'll update them next year. But at the same time, those people, like Dwayne had an issue where the person, right, Dwayne, you gave the guy a deal, and they told their friend. And then the friend wanted the deal, right? That's what had happened recently to you. Um, and uh, yeah, you, yeah. Or you were, yeah, or they were telling them they they may get a deal, and then they were both negotiating. I forget what happened, but it's pretty. That's what happens. They'll say, "Hey, don't pay, don't pay that." You know, "Hey, listen, don't. I'm paying this. You know, don't pay them that price." You know, and uh, you'll get a that, deal. Not only that, yeah. he was uh, he, the 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 guy that was uh, he was paying one sixty nine a month. He didn't even do the one forty nine because he wanted the month to month deal, not to lock in for a year. So he was paying one sixty nine a month. Had been paying that for six months. And then a friend of his had come in and done a trial, and they said they couldn't afford it. I decided to help him out at 100 bucks a month. Boy, that was the wrong decision. And uh, he, so he wanted to have a deal. Well, here's the funny part. He made a meeting with me, you know, because he didn't want to pay the 169 anymore. He made a meeting with me, and he conveniently made it when he was working that day and walks in with his gun on his hip because he's a detective. And I thought, this is right. pretty ridiculous. You're yeah. not going to intimidate me. I mean, what are you going to do, shoot me? You know, it's interesting, though, right? Like, forget the gun on the hip, though, thing. But, like, you're like, I would be saying, like, you got a decent job. Why can't you afford it? Like, you, you're in a dangerous profession. Why don't you see the value in it? That would bother me as well. But sometimes, you well, know, you know I it's funny. Like, I go like this. I go, I said to him, I said, Have you, haven't you ever helped anyone before? And he yeah. looks at me and he goes, well, yeah, I'm a police officer. That's what I do for a living. I said, no, 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 no. Have you ever spent your own money? to help people before. I said, that's different. I said, when I give a discount, that's me losing money. I'm spending my own money, my future money, that I'm not going to get to help somebody out. Right. And he couldn't wrap his head around that. Yeah, I had a parent the other day, a new parent, and they know the, the deal and the price, and they, they missed like four classes over the course of two weeks. And they said, when can we get that credit on those classes? I said, I don't understand. They're like, well, you know, we figured it out. That's like $20 a class, so we want to get a credit. And, you know, I'm like, what? Like, they wanted money back for the classes they didn't attend. I'm like, that's not at all how this works. This is a monthly tuition. We don't go by the class, pay by the class kind of thing. So I think that people are just, you know, they get caught up in this kind of world that where they think that they're negotiating or they could, you know, uh, do what they feel like they could get away with, I should say. So, um, yeah, right, anyway, so what, listen, what, go ahead, John. That's right. That's what um, one accountant told me uh, years ago, one of my students. He said, why don't you just up the price 20% and give people a 10% discount? <laughs> right. But you, right. You, tell the, you tell the person, okay, if we're going to play this game, I'll up it 20% and give you 10% discount. 10% is yeah. good, right? Yeah. And well, I had, what? I had a friend. I forget who it was that recently told me this. I think it was Mark Klein. He does Kyoshi Jitsu, and he said someone said to him that uh, he was negotiating price, and he said, "Well, what?" He goes, "Oh, the prices are, and this is I'm just making it up. The prices are 150." And the parents said, "What could you do for me?" And uh, he said, "170." And they're like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, 170 for you, but I'll do it for 150. How's that sound?" You know, so they were like, okay, all right, great. So, like, he he added price on and then took it off. He goes, that's your deal. I'm giving it to you for the 150 now. How's that sound? So he's like, that's yeah, your but deal. The, the, the thing is, since they asked that, he should have charged him the 170 because they're, they're going to be the headache people. Right. And it, it, do you guys find that, too, uh, both of you, John and, and Andy, like, and even Dwayne yourself? I mean, do you find, like, the pe it, it always, for me, is the people that I put the most time and effort into, the most emailing, most phone calls, most private chats at my desk or in the lobby and, oh, you know, so-and-so, what are you going to, you know, do? And the, those are the people that take the most time and energy. Those are the ones that will drop you at the, you know, at the click of a, a snapping of the fingers. Um, what, what do you oh, think yeah. about yeah. that? Yeah, the, the yeah, 2080 rule, right? 20% um, of your biz, uh, people take up 80% of your time. Yep, yep, exactly. It's a shame, right? So anything you guys yeah. want to add in? Because even though we started a little late, we're going to, you know, probably, what do we have left, Dwayne, about another five or ten minutes? 
Yeah, yeah, or however long you want to do it. Okay, well, what do you guys, if, if you were going to, you know, let, let me ask you this, like, what, what do you find would be, if you could snap your fingers or if you found, like, a magic bottle and, like, a genie in a bottle and you could have one wish in your martial arts school, what would be one thing that you would immediately, you know, you know, see change, you, you, you know, whatever it may be, whether it be the students are better martial artists or the parents are more committed or what, what would it be for you? And uh, we'll have uh, Andy answer first, but like, what would be that the perfect scenario? Like what would make your school the best it could ever be? Wow. I mean, this is something that we work on day to day. Um, I would think Honestly, the, the thing that frustrates me and the thing that I'd love to see happen is a um, some sort of way to make the community aware of what martial arts really is, what it can do, and who is actually good at it. Yeah, meaning that like would be my, that would be meaning like qualified instructors and so on. Yeah, because I mean, like you said, we don't really compete against one another. And me and you had a dojo not too far apart at one time. Right, right. And we never considered you a, a competition. I always considered you a resource. Yeah, in fact, because we used to, I know we used to guys... kind of share share with each other. Like, you know, people were looking for a specific style that maybe I did and and I and you did, and we would just say, "Hey, go down the road to my buddy's school," or you know, or, or you know, whatever it was. So, yeah, I mean, it really all depends on how you how friendly you are with those individuals. But I love what you said though and, about that martial art, you know, resource. Like, who who are the real true people? Right. Because uh, I've been sending people people. People have been recently calling me and asking me for uh, do- uh, dojos in the area which I live. Uh-huh. And, and you know, I used to, that's where I started teaching out here before I moved to Port Jeff area. And I said, well, you know, I don't really know this person, but try this school. You know, this person don't go to, this person, you know, check them out. This is an, this is a, uh, I think it was an ATA school in Patrog I, I sent somebody to, um, and all, and I keep getting the calls back and like you know thank you for the you know for letting me check it out I checked it out it's not what we're looking for and um, one guy said you know I went to that school it was a joke he said I spent five seconds I looked at the lobby I looked at the person running the class and we walked out I'm like oh my god now see I'm trying to help people find a place I'm helping martial arts in general and and they're letting me down. That's crazy, right? Like where you where you're trying to refer people, but you can't because you just they just don't live up to the standards that we're used to live in our lives at. Yeah, and you know I I referred, not you know not that it happens often, but people in that Babylon area and stuff like that. You know I automatically send them to you anywhere up on the Sayas of Plainville. They automatically go to uh, to John over there, and you know of course uh, other John Oschlager. I referred people to him. Every single time I'm out of breath, I said it's worth it's worth the extra five ten minute drive to go to a place like this than to be hassled by a school that really has no business being in business. Yeah, that's interesting. So, what what are your thoughts, John? What would it be for you? I think if on a consistent basis, I knew that I had the instructors and uh, front desk on a consistent basis and didn't have to worry about that. It would um, be more enjoyable and be easier to run the school because once you get the classes going, you get the students good, the instructors are good, then something falls off. Maybe an instructor gets another job or uh, wants to move on or something something happens. So I think if I knew uh, and that was I could snap my fingers and that didn't have to worry about, then I know I could grow my classes more and affect more people with that. Because I'm always going to be the constant. I'm always going to be doing it. But once you're doing everything, you you need some help uh, to grow as a martial arts school. So if I knew that the instructors were going to be there and um, there wasn't going to be a lapse in it, because when you get a lapse in a front desk person or one of your main instructors helping you out, that takes a long time to uh, recover because we don't hire instructors outside the school. We we homegrown grow them from white belt all the way up. 
Yeah, however, however, I actually hired a guy outside of my organization, and um, he's been with me almost two years now. He's doing amazing. So um, I wonder right. sometimes yeah, if students get complacent and they uh, become black belts, and then all of a sudden they think they know you, and they know your bank account, and they know your intentions. They, or in their eyes, they think, like, hey, he's making a ton of money. Why isn't he giving it to me? Or he's a cutthroat, and yada, yada, yada. So I think that sometimes having that homegrown student could also work against us. But I do agree. I, right. I mean, I, I'm having to train this guy in my curriculum so that he knows how to teach what I teach um, uh, the way I want it to be taught. So how about you, Dwayne? What would you do? What would you change? What would I change? Um, I would, golly, I would say that I would dominate my area. That when when you hear the word martial arts, that Dwayne Brummett and TriStar would be synonymous. Like so much so that any other school wouldn't even be an issue. Mm. And and I what I mean by that is from the standpoint that they've heard so many things about our school changing lives that we would be a no-brainer. You know, it's funny. I just did a teleseminar with my friend, uh, Mel Abraham. He's a world-renowned speaker. Andy knows him very well. And um, he actually is a thought leader. You know, like he teaches people how to, um, you know, build that synonymous brand. And I was on his seminar yesterday, and he said that in order to do that, you can't be the person who's the branded expert. You have to be the thought leader so that when people look for advice, they turn to you. When they look for the school that does martial arts for kids, they can only turn to you. And um, I thought that to be really interesting. He said you have to look at the top portion of the branding and go as the expert more so than than not, um, you know, more about your style or your or your school or your brand itself. You have to be branded as a thought leader so you're the expert. Right. Well, I mean, that's the only reason I, I wrote any of those books, too, is because right. I wanted I wanted the, uh, you know, my area to look at us as more of a more than just a kick and punch place, that there are actual leadership abilities uh, and skills that are being taught in a strategic fashion uh, to students. Yeah. And I, that to me, that was and is important. That's phenomenal. In fact, um, John just wrote his own book too. I just saw, he just re released a book for kids. So yep. congratulations on that, by the way. Yes, thanks. Wow. Hey, John, what is the uh, what's the yeah. title of the book, and is it in, on Amazon too, or how can people get a hold of it? It's it's on. Can be We're losing you there, John. You're kind of cutting out. Can you can you say that again, John? Yeah. <laughs> Amazon if it's teaching Wait, he's uh, cutting out Alan things is yeah John you're cutting out a lot did you move or change something but he his book by the way it's called King Fu and it's on Amazon it is available the release date is sometime in July but he does have limited hard copies available at his school um and it's also on his website at Bustos Martial Arts B U S T O S martialarts.com um, and uh, you could get it there. But, yeah, it's, it's more like, and I think it seems like he's going to be doing a few different volumes because it has a, this particular one is on uh, a specific topic with the kids, you know. So, like, I guess it's to uh, teach them the lessons of that particular topic. You still there, John? Can we hear you again? Yeah, yeah I'm here. And that's, that's the main reason why I did the book is because uh, people look at you a little bit different. That's um, just trying to get it out there, not so much just to make money off of it, just more just getting uh, the teachings out there, getting people to know me and things like that. Yeah, because if you want to make it rich off of books, you got to write, you know, Fifty Shades of Martial Arts <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and we probably could write one like that, too. I bet you it would be pretty interesting. In fact, I did read a book that was very close to Fifty Shades of Grey. That was a martial art book called Ninja Shadows. It was written in the 80s. And it was a really sultry ninja espionage book. But it had many, many uh, sexual uh, little uh, escapes in the book. It was crazy. But um, so here, let, let's let's kind of wrap it up. So real quickly, so... Um, First of all, you guys are awesome. I, I, you know, I tell my friends this all the time. Dwayne gets all, you know, embarrassed when I when I put him on the spot and tell him how awesome he is. 
But for both of you guys, I need to comment and say that, you know, I've been in the martial arts for 51 years. I've watched people my entire life. And to find quality martial artists, and by the way, there's a lot of them. I mean, you know, just on my Facebook page, I have 5,000 friends, and I go through the actual people I know. And there's probably 2,000 people out there that I know well enough to say that they're outstanding martial artists. In fact, I was just in Springfield, Illinois, teaching with like 12 different martial art masters, and they were amazing quality. I'm watching them on the floor with their ability, and sometimes I'm like, holy crap, there's so many of us out there that are really high quality changing people's lives, but you guys are incredible. Um, every day you struggle to keep the martial art integrity there. You're helping people, changing their lives, teaching them, um, and, you know, really doing well. So you have to be, all three of you have to be commended for what you do because it's really, honestly, I don't know of any other profession that's as, you know, I mean, other than like maybe police officers and doctors and stuff like that, but that's as noble, um, you know, and uh, you guys are incredible. So great job. And, and I appreciate having you out there as my friends and, and being able to, you know, to be able to converse with you and talk to you and interview you and so on. So, you know, great job, you guys. Thank you. Yeah, and then my I got, pleasure. I got, one, I got one more question, and then we can end it. And, and what I want to do is, uh, um, and Andy, since your uh, your your name begins with the with the letter A, the beginning of the alphabet, that's how I'll choose it. We'll start with you first, and then John, <laughs> you'll be second when Andy's done. But uh, I want to just give you the floor, and you know, with regards to what this call is all about, you know, the daily thoughts of a school owner, the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, you know, give us the, the, the 30 to 60 second uh, closing thought of Andy. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's the attitude and uh, insights that you both have, uh, you and Allie, that I've listened to on and off through the, the segments that just remind us that we're, we are doing, the, uh, doing a great job and we're going to face these things, and, we, and, and sometimes we can handle it, and we just got to take it whether we handle it well or not well, or get the advice and feedback of our what we consider the colleagues, and just to make ourselves whole. You know, we got to feel good about what we're doing. I mean, we love what we do, but we got to feel good about what direction we're going in. And your your chats and talks are beneficial as far as I'm concerned. So keep it going. Thank you. John, what about you? Any final thoughts? Yeah, that, uh, like, like I said before, someone that's getting into the martial arts business, just watch what you wish for. It's a great business. It's a great lifestyle. But also look for other people like um, yourself. Um, this podcast is, is great just to get some ideas. Of, and you could create your own destiny. It's just a, a great thing to do, and you got it. You have to talk to other people, other school owners, get to know them, and realize that you know what you're not the only one. You, you're not just on an island by yourself. Perfect, Allie. Wait. Well, yeah. I mean, listen. I agree with that because, like, we've all been in that position where we're like, "Oh my God, do I want to do this anymore?" Like that parent. Like, I, I don't know if it's just me. Maybe you guys could help me out here. But sometimes, like, I'll be on a high. I'm, like, I'm way up and happy. And then I'll get an email that just frustrates me. Or I'll see a post on Facebook that will frustrate me. And I, was, I said that this morning. I'm going through my post early, early in the morning. I'm going, like, wow, um, you know, 90% of what I've just seen was uh, all political garbage and negativity and this one and killings and all that. I'm like, let's get some positivity in there. So sometimes I'm on a high and then something or someone or some situation could drag me down. And, I, and I'm really happy when I have people around me that a support system that could keep me motivated and, and keep me excited and, and going. And that's, that's what we do our calls for. Um, to, you know, Dwayne and I for that reason. But, I mean, it's guys like you that are doing this for your schools and the kids and the parents, and you're trying to keep them going and happy. So, um, you know, that's awesome. So I say stick with it and keep it going. And, um, Dwayne, uh, you know, I, I love being on the calls with you and, and doing this stuff, even if even because we don't make money at this, we don't sell anything, we're, we're always just doing it. So 
um, I appreciate just the mental sanity every single week when we get together and just that reminder of how lucky we really truly are. Agreed. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate everyone being on the call today and uh, you guys go out and make an impact today. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Will do. Enjoy. Awesome, right, guys. Man. I'll talk to you soon.